Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest in the house. What's really cool is in our backyard of sunny San Diego, California, we got Jason Lee in the house. What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. So what's cool is, first off, you're 26 years old, which is awesome. So kudos to you for everything that you've built up at this point. But some of the highlights here is that you've built up a multifamily brokerage that you guys are crushing it, bringing in about 2 million or so a year, which is awesome. Making a bigger impact, obviously. You actually have acquired 17 properties in the last year, year and a half, which is huge. And up to 119 units at this point, about 250K a year bringing in, which is incredible. So we got to you know take all that bits and pieces apart. But for anybody out there that doesn't know like who you are, where you're from, what you're up to, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so my name is Jason. Come from a pretty humble background. I was actually born in Seoul, Korea. My dad was in the army and I was there for the first seven years of my life and come from my mom actually didn't speak any English because they met in Korea. So come from a Korean background and speak both English and Korean at home and moved to California when I was seven years old and then was there up until high school. And then my life really changed when I got into San Diego State and got into real estate down here. I met my old broker mentor down here when I was still a junior in college, when I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. My parents wanted me to like kind of force me to be a doctor. Such an Asian background. I know. Right? Like I know. My, <laughs> Jennifer, my significant other, she's Vietnamese, and they definitely, you know, try pushing either a pharmacist or doctor. It's so funny. Yeah, it is. I mean, the main reason why is because my aunt and uncle were, were both like really successful dentists and For anesthesiologists. Sure. So they saw that and they're like, oh, well, you should do the same thing because my parents weren't nearly as successful. So they saw that, wanted me to be a doctor. I really hated that everything about science. So like that whole idea, you're like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was no way. And then, yeah, I started interning at a multifamily brokerage down here in San Diego. And from then, that's when my whole kind of life changed and got into real estate full time, went full on into it. When I was a senior, I was still going to school full time, making like 12 hours of cold calls on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, took full time classes on Tuesday, Thursday. And then I had like a social media marketing gig on the side to like support myself while I made no money my first year. So yeah, yeah, that's my story. I love it. And you were doing this in college, right? Yeah, I started in college. Okay, cool. Which brokerage were you interning with? And that was for a full year? Yeah. So I was there for three years total. And then I got my, yeah, I got my license and then started as an associate, but I was there for about three and a half years. And it was at South Coast Commercial up in uh, down in Point Loma area. Cool. I love it. So why real estate first off? Did you have any friends, family do it? Like what inspired you to do real estate, bro? Yeah, no family. When I got to San Diego State, I networked with a lot of people and I saw that a lot of my friends, their most successful families that they came from were all had rental property or were in some sort of real estate business or 
Yep. Yeah. They all had properties. So I was like, hmm, there's something here. And I just joined the real estate society on campus. And then I ended up basically meeting just like professionals in the area. It was funny. Like, like the first networking event I ever went to at my old school, like it was like a 20 students and 20 professionals event where like it was like a speed dating thing where you're at like a table for like two minutes each. Yep. And like every conversation went terrible because I knew nothing. It was like my first ever event. And then that's where I met Brian, the, the head of South Coast and kicked it off. But it's kind of funny how fast it kind of kind of went after I wanted to search what I wanted to do. Yeah, success definitely leaves clues, right? So you started working at South Coast. You started doing the internship. You stayed there for a few years. What were you doing on that regular basis? You were doing a lot of cold calling and kind of getting your feet wet. What other tasks were you doing to kind of sharpen, you know, the sort of like where you're currently at today? Yeah, besides reaching out to people and prospecting, mm -hmm. I was also analyzing a lot of properties. So I was sending a lot of properties to potential investors. I was doing a lot of underwriting and make sure it was a, a good deal and it made sense. Um, I was always trying to put buyer and seller together. So I was all, honestly a dot connector. I was trying to find buyer sellers, put them together, and make sure the deals made sense. So that's like all you do all day long when you first start as, as a broker. Yeah. Or an agent. I love it. And then, so what inspired you to actually branch out on your own? That's a great question. I think, honestly, the first reason why was because there was about 25 people at my company doing the same thing and everyone was kind of stepping on each other's toes. There's too many people doing the same thing, too many cooks in the kitchen. So I think once I really got going and my career started taking off and I started doing a lot of deals, I started rubbing the older guys the wrong way because you know as someone that's younger grows and does more deals and if an older guy didn't talk to a client for a long long time and i did a deal with them they got all pissed off and said i was stepping on their toes so that happened like two or three times so it was more of like a drama thing and even though the people at the company were the owners were on my side i was just sick of like getting called into like the principal's office it felt like for just doing my own business and Reason number two, I just wanted to start my own thing. I've always wanted to have my own brand, my own company. I wanted to have create my own like company culture and the team that I've built at JLM Real Estate is phenomenal. Like we're all friends, best friends. We all enjoy working together. We all work as a team. So I just feel like it was the right move to do. Let's talk about culture for a second. It's so important with any business, especially being the owner and, and the leader within your group. You have nine agents currently. You have an assistant as well. What does the culture look like in your guys' office? Yeah, so everyone's really hungry. Everyone's excited to be in real estate. Everyone's excited to meet new people and help clients and facilitate transactions. So I think everyone has the same vision in mind. We all want to be financially free. We all want to own rental property. We all want to be successful agents So and enjoy doing it. So everyone has fun. Everyone collaborates. We're always you know, doing team meetings where we're seeing how we can put buyer and seller together. We're seeing how what marketing strategy we can use to get our sellers the highest price possible for their properties. So we're always collaborating, always writing ideas about each other. Everyone speaks their mind, which is amazing. So I think everyone really enjoys being at the office. And that's like a huge thing that a lot of companies are missing today with, with the whole work from home thing. I think being in the office is really important. Yeah. And you guys are located where? We're in uh, Bankers Hill, right by downtown San Diego. Okay, nice. And as far as the market goes, you know, I, I think we've seen a, a big correction last spring, followed by nonstop kind of pullbacks throughout the year. What have you guys done to kind of just adjust 
and be able to keep serving the clients being that that middleman person? Yeah, I think the big shift was that there was a lot less buyers now. Before, there yeah. were a lot more buyers looking to chase the same deal. I think, as you know, in San Diego, the inventory is always really low. The sellers have all the power here because most of them aren't in any sort of pain in multifamily and they have a lot of equity. These are like family-owned trophy properties passed down from generation to generation. So it's different than most markets. So I feel like when there's not that much stress, even though rates go up, even though times get slower, when volume goes down total, of course, it gets harder as a broker. So the way we've adjusted is just we've honestly just raised our KPIs. We've you know hit more calls, set more meetings, try to meet new people, more networking events. So I think just working harder makes it happen because deals close every single day in residential and commercial. So no matter how slow it gets, there's always people looking to buy and sell. I like it. So speaking of buying, you've been picking up a bunch of properties the last couple of years, right? When did you actually pick up your first property? And what did that look like? Yeah. So my first property was during the pandemic, actually, of 2020. That was a two-unit property in Normal Heights. It was a three-bedroom, two-bath house in the front and a studio house in the back with a single-car garage on the left side in the front and then a really big two-car garage standing on the back. And basically, I followed up with the owner a bunch of times, ended up getting inherited by the son up in San Jose. And he had a property manager down here that listed the property. I called the property manager directly. He represented me. Um, I was in contract at 750000 but ended up needing a whole new roof and a whole new foundation. So I uh, negotiated the price down to six thirty. Um, put about 250K into the renovations and also another 200 to add like 280 use to the property. So it became four units. I was into the property for a little over a million bucks and it appraised two years ago for about 2.1 million. Mm -hmm. Nice. I love it. We ended up getting a fourplex right in North Park uh, right when COVID all began. And it was a hell of a year to you know turn everything over and make sure people were out. But it's been a huge blessing, just like yours as well. So cool, man. I love it. Any learning curves on that particular deal? So many. I think yeah. the biggest learning curve failures that I had, first one was definitely construction. I think I knew absolutely nothing about construction until I bought my first property. And sure. that was like the biggest construction project I could have inherited. While at the same time, the same contractor that was screwing me over, I put him on like three other projects I bought like a few months after. And he was on four projects and he wasn't getting anything done. And basically I lost like $80,000 before he like just took my money and ran because he just couldn't handle the projects. And his accounting was awful, paying his guys too much. And it was a nightmare. He was like a guy from like Tijuana, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So when you hire someone, make sure they have their license, make sure that their numbers don't seem too good to be true. The sad thing was he was a referral from like kind of a client. So I trusted the referral, but ended up being the worst referral of all time. So another lesson is don't trust all your referrals, always double check everything. And also I think just the timing of everything, I think we all underestimate the time it takes to execute a business plan when you're buying a property and getting it up to speed and stabilizing it. So I think my projections were way too optimistic and yeah. I definitely learned the hard way. What, uh, what were you anticipating on time frame wise? I was anticipating like, uh, so like renovate the front house and the studio. I mean, the good thing was like 
right after closing, the owner actually agreed to give him notices in escrow and ended up being a longer escrow because they wanted more time for their exchange. And the building was actually vacant at close. So that was great, but it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge, but it still took me like five or six months to do the construction. It, it should have okay. taken like two or three. That's what I projected. And okay. I would have been right if I had done done it correctly, but I just did it the wrong way. But well, it's just like, you know, if you had the crew, if you've worked with the crew before, if all things, yeah. you know, worked out like we hope. But, you know, on the first one, first time with this new crew and so many other unforeseen things. I think it's still great turnaround time at the end of the day. And a lot of people like we beat ourselves up, especially when you get more experienced and you're like, damn, I can knock these out in like two months now. Right. Versus I think just the key point there, obviously, of course, is like, hey, give that extra buffer. If you think it's going to be three to six months, why don't you give yourself like eight or nine just in case, right? Run the numbers for the worst case scenario. And, you know, let's hope for the best. Right. Exactly. You never know what's going to go wrong. So it's always better to have a contingency in there for sure. Yeah. Any other learning curves? How was the financing as well? The financing was pretty attractive. I mean, I worked with a small bank here in San Diego and they offered a 30% down financing, but they also gave me all the money for the construction costs. So I didn't have to come out of budget or out of my pocket for the rehab. So that was really attractive. So which bank was that? That was Axos Bank here in Axos. San yeah. yeah, Axos. So okay. yeah, they're they're a great bank. They're like a medium-sized bank, not super institutional. So they did a lot of my loans on my bridge loan deals, but it was like a 5% rate at the time, interest only, um, like for two years fixed. But now that's gone way up. But um, sure, back then it was more attractive. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So after that first property, you ended up, you turned it into a fourplex. You ended up getting several projects right afterwards. What did that kind of you know, turn into you basically at the brokerage office, you start turning, you know, that into a real system that, Hey, if I can take down some of these properties, I I will. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've done about, I mean, at my brokerage, I've worked with so many buyers and given out, you know, dozens and dozens of good deals to people. But when I finally had some capital to invest on my own, I finally just took a jump and did it because wealth is built by investing, not through making commissions or making even any sort of day job, whatever it is, because, you know, Uncle Sam's going to bite you in the ass. So um, you don't want that one time pay. You want that monthly pay, right? Exactly. Yeah. You want to build the the passive, the cash flow and it compounds over time. So I saw them. I saw that that's where all roads led to. And, you know, just seeing and studying like my most successful investors that I've worked with and learned from, they've all done that the right way. They all made money in their day job and invested all of it into real estate and have done extremely well. So yeah, that's why I just wanted to go from just being a broker, servicing people to yep. also, you know, being an owner of my own deals. Well, I think it's so crucial and important, especially in your space, though, too, as you're helping people, you know, serving them to really speak from experience, right? And like walk the talk, right? So you can actually, you know, say, like, hey, I've invested in this area. I know these properties. I picked up these properties just last year. So you can actually speak from experience and that probably builds a tremendous amount of credibility for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well said. There's a lot of brokers out there that sell property that don't own any property. And it's tough to truly know what you're talking about until you go through all the failures of owning a property yourself. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Talk to me. At this point, it started off with smaller deals. When did you get the first big one? And how many units was that? What did What did that look like? Yeah, I'd say my first year was all like smaller deals, like one to two million. And then 
I got my first like four and a half million dollar deal during the pandemic in 2020. So that was a 16 unit building in El Cajon on Leslie Road. That was cool. uh, an off market transaction. One of my friends who's an agent had the seller and I had a buyer for it. So yeah, that was my biggest transaction up, up until that time. But now, I mean, most of my transactions are in the three to five million range. So the good thing as a commercial real estate broker is you grow at your clients. So as your clients grow, the purchase prices also grow. So a lot of repeat business as people grow. So was that, uh, you said you had a buyer for that. You didn't take that down yourself. No, 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 no. That was as a, as a broker. Yeah. So that was a yeah, buyer so, that I, I represented. Okay. So talking just on the investment side. So. Oh, um, got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. As in, yeah. Sorry about that. So I, I started buying a lot of fourplexes in the beginning, duplexes, and then I sold them and did a 1031 exchange into bigger assets. So okay. the biggest asset I own today is a 16 unit building near San Diego State on 70th Street. And then I also own an 11 unit property, Crown Point, close to the bay there. And then rest of them are like seven, eight, nine unit properties. Okay, cool. And those are all just smaller unit ones? Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of my properties now range from seven to 16 units, all of them. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Do you have one property management for all of them or how does that work? I have two companies that I work with. Okay. Yeah. Two, two third-party managers. Okay. And then are you doing any short-term rentals at all out here? I'm not. No. I dabbled in a little bit, but it, you know, it's like when you do the math, unless you're doing it yourself, if you're doing it yourself, it makes a lot of sense, but I don't have the time to run it run it myself and all the management companies, you know, charge like 15 to 25% of the uh, revenue. So it just doesn't make sense for me. Talk to me what, you know, somebody just getting started looking to get their, their feet wet into multifamily, like what are the top three things that they should really focus on and spend more time educating themselves on? Yeah. On the investing side, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you're looking to be a multifamily real estate investor, I'd say the number one thing is you have to understand your downside and your, and your upside. I think a lot of people, when they first start, they don't really assess the market well enough. So mm. what I try to preach to my clients is like, you got to know exactly what properties are selling for uh, in your area. Like if you're looking in North Park and you want to buy a property in that area, you want to make sure you understand the value so you don't overpay. Because a lot of listings on the market that sit or that come live are usually, you know, price pretty high, a lot higher than what I, what I would purchase it at. So I just always make sure that my clients buy at market value or below market value. So that's number one. Number two is I would make sure that there's a clear path to cash flow, either cash flow day one or upside by increasing the rents to cash flow. Because the main reason why people lose properties and properties go back to the bank is because they couldn't pay their mortgage. So if your property is paying off the mortgage and cash flowing, then it's pretty tough to lose that property especially mm. in a market like San Diego, where the rents are very, very strong. And we've seen, you know, over and over again, increase and increasing. And in 2008, 2010, even in like the worst of times for real estate, rents were still very steady. They felt like 0.8% or something like that. And back then there was also a lot more housing available. Right now, the housing crisis, you know, 13 years later is way, way, way worse in San Diego. So yeah, if you buy a cash flow and property in a good market, very hard to lose. And then my last point I'd say is just make sure you have a good team around you. I'd say before you buy your first property, you have to have a good lender, a good broker, a good general contractor, good lawyer, good accountant. You got to have a solid team of service providers around you that are going to help you 
you know, grow your portfolio and elevate your journey. So I think that's a big mistake I made in the beginning is not having a good enough team before you strike on your first deal. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people either make that mistake of not having any of this stuff and don't like they're just going and they're like, you know, very amateur, right? And and totally making every mistake under the sun. Um, And then others get too analytical and like feel like they need every little single detail to the T lined up, you know, three lawyers on the back burner and, uh, you know, five different contractors to get, you know, several different bids. I would just stress, you know, don't overanalyze it, take action, especially in, if you're in a high market, a very competitive market with savvy other investors, then you're going to need to train yourself to to move quick, right? Because those that are actively seeking are going to move quick and they're going to get the deals. I appreciate all that feedback. Cool, man. I love it. So what what do you have plans, you know, for the future? What does this year look like for you and the team? What are you guys looking to accomplish? This year, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly focusing this year on trying to give back. I'm trying to help the newer investors, beginner investors kind of get over that hump, gain that confidence to buy their first property. So trying to, you know, make content, trying to reach out to younger people that have like the capital to start, but don't know how to really do it. So I'm really focusing on the beginner um, to semi-intermediate investors this year. As a team, I just want to help my guys do as many deals as possible. I want to, they're all younger. They're all like, one to two years in. So they're all very new. Some are really starting to pick up and and crush it, but I really want them to all succeed. And yeah, if, if all that happens and you know it's been a good year. I love it. Cool man. Well I appreciate it. How can all the listeners get a hold of you and, and reach out? Yeah, I appreciate it. Best two channels that I'm the most active on are my YouTube channel at Jason Joseph Lee and then also my Instagram as well as same thing. My full name Jason Joseph Lee. I love it. I appreciate you jumping on today. Excited to just see everything that you've built up thus far and and where you guys are going. So congrats to all the success. Um, Guys, definitely reach out to Jason. And if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then as always, if you guys are looking to truly get educated on credit, Credit Council Elite is helping business owners get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest. If you're looking to learn more about that, you can check out www.creditcouncilelite.com. That's creditcouncilelite.com. There's a quick 10-minute video on there. You can fill out an application afterwards and see if it is a good fit. Be able to schedule a call with us. Appreciate your guys' time. As always, make sure you hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. You'll get the newest notification every single Monday when the new episode airs. And as always, leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and support. And we will see you on the next one. Until next time, guys. God bless. Appreciate it, Jason. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.